When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. Quickly here, just want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, DraftKings. If you're going to sign up today, make sure to use promo code THPN. You can have a lot of fun with the NHL, the NBA, hopefully, fingers crossed, Major League Baseball soon. You've got golf, MMA, lots of fun to be had with DraftKings. And if you sign up, like I said, make sure to use promo code THPN. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on in the podcast. But, of course, we want to talk about the Edmonton Oilers today. We've got a great show coming up for you. I'll talk to Alan Mitchell. Of course, he is the host of The Lowdown with Low Tide on TSN 1260, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. until noon, alongside Hernan Salas. Uh, you can also get Al's writing up at The Athletic. Give him a follow on Twitter at Low Tide. And lots to talk about for the Edmonton Oilers, of course. We've got the goaltending drama with Mike Smith. The last time the Oilers played, it was a loss on a Wednesday night against the Tampa Bay Lightning, defending two-time Stanley Cup champions. And the Edmonton Oilers were right there with them. It was a 4-3 game until the Tampa Bay Lightning added an empty netter late in that one. Uh, for the Oilers, though, kind of the same old thing. You know, after the first period, Mike Smith allowing two goals on five shots, not good enough. After the second period, the save percentage jumped up to what I believe was 733. Never a good sign when you jump up to 733. And for the Edmonton Oilers, a major question surrounding their goaltending. And that's something we've dealt with this whole season for this team. And every once in a while, they have gotten nice performances from Mike Smith or Mikko Koskinen or Stuart Skinner. But at the same time, there's just far too much inconsistency, early goals being allowed, and it's just been so demoralizing for this team. We'll see if anything changes. Uh, I've talked about it on TSN 1260, my thoughts on the whole situation. If it were me, and it, it's clearly not, it's, you know, the Oilers organization, hockey lifers, who have a lot more knowledge than I do, and so, you know, it's probably safe to go with what they think is best. But if it were me, like I said, i probably look to Stuart Skinner and say, let's get this kid up here. He's had the best save percentage when he's been with the team, and you got to find out what you have in him. Miko Koskinen will not be back with the Edmonton Oilers next season. He might be out of the NHL. Now, there is the possibility that he signed somewhere for a far cheaper price and that that could happen. He could be a backup, but he's not going to be in the Edmonton Oilers' long-term plan. So for me, you, you don't even have to really worry about him. Like he he should be priority three when it comes to getting looks at your goaltending. If if he was a stud, of course you're going to ride him and then lose him in free agency. But he's just been very inconsistent for this group. Don't even look at him. Mike Smith, same sort of thing. Inconsistent. He's had his good games. He's had his bad games, but allowing that first goal. It just hasn't been good enough as of late. Now, in my opinion, with Stuart Skinner, by bringing him up here and giving him kind of the the bulk of the carries here, for lack of a better word, 
you're going to have him and see what you have out of him. And in the next couple of weeks here before the trade deadline, you can see, hey, do we do we believe that this can be the guy down the stretch for us? If he's not, then you know what you have to do with the trade deadline. And and then you can address that there and and go from there. Like I just don't think right now that Stuart Skinner is the worst option. I think that he gives you options and you know what if it if it does work out well, then you're in a pretty good situation knowing, "Hey, this is the guy for us down the stretch here." And going into next season, we might have our guy. We might have a good combination here with Stuart Skinner, I think 24 years old, being the guy who can take the most of the starts, and Mike Smith can be your backup. And then after that, Mike Smith is an unrestricted free agent, and he might be done in the NHL. Hell of a career. But for the Edmonton Oilers, I, I think it's time to move forward and, and see what you have. And I just don't think you're throwing a terrible goalie in there like Stuart Skinner. Like he's had the best save percentage for the Oilers. Uh, when we talk to Al, we'll talk about the quality starts and how Stuart Skinner's played a pretty big role in the quality starts for the Edmonton Oilers. But, uh, something for the team certainly to look at and, uh, an issue that's going to be ongoing. And tough games this weekend where goaltending could play a crucial role. Of course, on Saturday, they've got the Florida Panthers. That's a 10.30 a.m. start. Get the breakfast ready. Maybe Bailey's and coffee if you're feeling that. But a 10.30 a.m. start in Florida on Sunday. Then they head to Carolina. It's an 11 a.m. start for me. That means that uh, Tom Gazzola and myself will be up early for the pregame coverage on TSN 1260 on Saturday. We'll get going at 9 o'clock a.m. And then on Sunday, we'll be getting going at 9.30. So if you want some pregame coverage alongside former NHLer Matt Cassie and TSN 1260 is the way to do so. We're going to get to Alan Mitchell, the host of the Lowdown with Low Tide on TSN 1260, as well as a writer at The Athletic in a couple minutes here. I just want to let you know about a local company starting up here in the city, Loyal As. And uh, for those those of you who run your own business, home service business, I should say, plumbing, lawn care, landscaping, cleaner, snow removal, etc., you can sign up with a promo right now for three years, only $99. It's usually $99 a year, but uh, when you sign up today and put in the code word CONNOR, They'll knock that off for you, giving you a pretty good deal. They are a referral platform that automates asking for referrals from your current customers, rewards them with credits to your business, and tracks who are the best referring customers. Asking for referrals generates way more business than any form of advertising, and at $99, Loyal Ads pays for itself. After one referral, learn more and sign up right now at LoyalAz.com. That's L-O-Y-A-L-A-S.com. Let's get to Alan Mitchell. He is the host of The Lowdown with Low Tide on TSN 1260, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. until noon. You can also read his work up at The Athletic. And make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Low Tide. Al, thanks a lot for doing this today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, the weather's warmer now, so I'm in a better mood. Is your is your mood directly impacted by the weather? As I get older, yes. <laughs> and, and, and also how slippery the sidewalks are. So I've been grumpy for a few weeks. Now, is it true you actually had a little incident at the uh, TSN 1260 headquarters a couple weeks ago? Oh, man, I went ass over tea kettle. It's my own fault, too. I I, uh, I walked a certain way uh, under a tree, actually, from where I parked uh, to get to the sidewalk. And I, I saw my previous footsteps when I came out, and it snowed a little bit. And instead of just retracing them, I thought, oh, I'll go this way. And then I hit a patch of ice, and down goes Fraser is basically the best way to describe it. You know what? For a little while there, and I, I don't want to put... I'm not going to use names because our maintenance guy was uh, 
who who is beloved in the building, was on vacation. But there was a stretch where I don't think anybody was sanding uh, the sidewalks, and then they got like that nice layer of snow. I I almost went down a couple times. Yeah, it's that's the worst when you've got you've got ice and then a little snow because snow makes you a little more confident, right? And if there's ice underneath there, boy, you can you can head for the hills. And I I had like I had openly stated on the on the air how I think people falling on ice is really funny, and I was like I've got some karma coming my way, so I have to be very careful about it because one of these days I'm going down. Yeah, it'll as you age, it'll become more like it's routine now. I just pop right back up and make sure nothing's broken. You know, you get used to it after a while. Just shake it off, right? Yep. <laughs> well, uh, the hockey team, you and I passionately love the Edmonton Oilers will they'll try to shake it off when they uh continue this tough road trip down in Florida taking on the Panthers and they've got the Hurricanes but uh let's go back to Wednesday evening in Tampa and you know overall I mean it was a pretty entertaining game the Oilers make it close in the end but just kind of the tail of the tape the way it has been for a while now goaltending and Mike Smith letting in two goals in the first five shots uh I jokingly tweeted out after the game or after the second period his save percentage leaped up to 733 like right now that they just don't seem to be getting that goaltending in that they need or the big save when they need it well I was so impressed with the way the team played you know you're kind of thinking they were a blank space and then all of a sudden the the owners go in there and they played really well and the first period they get a goal to tie it and I thought I, I said to myself while I was watching the game if they can get through this period that's going to make them really confident going into the second period and the second goal against Mike Smith was it was a peculiar one and I I don't I don't know goalies that well but I do know that Smith was not in a good position in the seconds or split seconds before the shot came at him. And I, I do I do wonder, honestly, a little bit. He's, I, there's no doubt he's healthy enough to play, but I wonder if he's completely healthy and whatever bothered him early may be just nagging a little bit because he did not look prepared. And obviously he's a, uh, you know, a big goaltender and he could cover most of the net just because he's a big goaltender. But he was, he was kind of down on one leg and he wasn't ready for the shot as it came in. And it was tipped, so, so yeah have to mention that but uh, I really felt like that goal uh, would would kind of derail them but the team didn't they pushed back and they they played really really well and I, if that had, if they'd won that game I would have called it the best game for the owners all year didn't happen but you got to be impressed with their play now I mean how how demoralizing do you think it is when you're not getting that goaltending and just obviously the, the stretch and it's it's kind of tiresome to talk about but giving up that first goal just consistently knowing that you're digging yourself a hole and you know making it a lot tougher on yourself to get out of it well, what's what's really difficult is we're we're 51 games into the year, and uh, Hockey Reference has a thing called quality starts. In the 51 games the Oilers have played this year, 21 have been quality starts. So about 41 percent of them have have been a, a start that the goalie can say I, I did my part, and, and that's just so low. It's it's beyond aggravating. The Oilers, I'm sure, in, in their own minds, they go in mentally thinking, we, we have to score the first goal just to be even. And that's that's really not fair to a team that, uh, like, they have a lot of young players on defense, and I know they make mistakes, and I know that they were part of the mistakes last night. But th- there's a lot of heart on this team, and I, I think that, that uh, you know, at some point in time, the GM's going to have to go out there and get them more support in net, even if it's recalling Stuart Skinner to see what he can do. Well, and, and I mean, that that's kind of where I was going to go next. 
What should I do, Al? What do you think? Let's let's go there. Stuart Skinner. Now, in my opinion, I, this is a podcast, so I'm not even going to edit that out. Like, whatever. It, I, I can be as indecisive as I want to be here. Now, Stuart Skinner, in my opinion, I think you got to make the move to bring him up because the sooner you do it, you know, the sooner you can give him multiple starts in a row, see what he can do. And decide if he's going to be your guy going forward. And I've said this on the station a few times. I mean, best case scenario, you find out, holy cow, he can carry the load at the NHL level. And then this offseason, you believe in him, that he can be the guy and and Mike Smith is there as well next season. Worst case scenario, you find out maybe you don't like the way he's trending and the way things are going. And at the trade deadline or in the offseason, you know exactly what you need to do in the goaltending position. But right now, I think going with Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, I mean, although it's convenient and easier, I don't know if it's the right thing to do. What do you think? Well, I think that, that you know, I mentioned quality starts. Skinner has has six of the 21, and 50% of his starts have been termed quality starts. So right away, you know, he's just done better. And, and you know they've got a month here until the deadline, and if he if they call him up and they play him, uh, you know every second start say, and he does well enough, then they've got an answer maybe not just for this year but for next year too. And we know Koskinen is is unlikely to return. Smith has a contract, but I'll be honest with you, I don't know they're ever going to be able to count on him uh, in goal again. I mean he, I think as good as as well as he played a year ago, and he played well uh, at that wonderful hot streak. I don't know if health-wise you're going to be able to count on him again. So if you've got an inexpensive goaltender like Skinner as one of your one half of your tandem next year, that's a big help to the cap too. I I would think they'd want to find that out, and they've got four weeks or three weeks, I guess, until the the trade deadline. So there's there's still a few games they can play him in for sure. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's kind of the way I look at it. Like, I don't know what Mike Smith's going to be next year. I don't know if he'd be okay with being the air quotes uh, backup and, and taking a maybe a smaller role with this team. But for the uh, the chance just to keep him healthy, I mean, I, I think that could go a long way. So I'd like to see it. And I mean, the quality start statistic is one that intrigues me. Like, nice to hear that Stuart Skinner has given them six of them. What what goes into the quality start? Uh, it's a great question, and I think it has to do with with number of goals given up per sixty minutes in a start. Like if you okay. if you give up three or less, I think uh, based on a sixty minute outcome. Let's say you play uh, forty minutes and you've given up two goals or whatever. I, I think it's something like that. I think it does change year to year, uh, but it's it's something along the lines of under three a game if you're playing sixty. And the honest, I, in all honesty, they haven't even been able to do that, which is. A, I mean, it's a, it's a terrible sign. Uh, uh, basically, starts with the same percentage uh, that are average for the year at eighty eight point five percent on nights with twenty or fewer shots against. So you're you're basically stopping eighty eight percent of the shots in your quality starts, and you're playing at least twenty minutes. All right. Okay. Now, what I was debating about asking you about because I I've heard it on your promo for the lowdown with low tide a couple times today. Uh, I don't know if you've heard it, but it's uh, your thoughts on Mike Smith critiquing some of his younger defensemen, and it was brought up on the broadcast that uh, I think it was during the commercial break he had you know had a discussion with some of his younger defensemen. Maybe he wasn't too happy about one of the goals and their coverage on that play. Now, 
I always think back to uh, to Matt Nichols when that happens. You remember the old Elks quarterback? Yeah. And there was a situation where he, you know, he I think he hit a Darius Bowman wide open, and Bowman dropped it, and Matt Nichols just like kind of threw the arms up and was staring him down. And I thought, why are you throwing your guys under the bus like this? Especially a guy like a Darius Bowman, who is your best receiver, who's going to make plays for you down the road. What do you think of Mike Smith doing that and and kind of calling out some of his younger guys? Well, I think two things. Number one, uh, we have to remember Mike Smith's had a great career, and I do think that that right now uh, we're, we're probably, uh, statistically speaking, it's likely that we're dealing in the final months of, of what has been a, a pretty splendid career, whether it's this year or next year. Uh, you know, he, he's almost forty, and and he's a big man, and and there's a lot of wear and tear there. If, if he were uh, offering advice when he's playing really well. Uh, then I think that it's you know okay well this you know we're we're trying to be better and we're all trying to be better and he's helping the young players, but it, when you're playing poorly, especially if you're a goalie uh, and you're you're uh, acting in that way, and I didn't see it, but I heard enough of it by uh, I saw the clip and I heard from others that it was it was uh, it was real, and so. I think that's a bad sign, and especially because the young defensemen who are playing here right now are going to be here. Some of them might be here ten years from now. So the, the, this is your—he's here for a year or less. They're going to be here for a long, long time. So you have to be aware of, of as I think, a manager and a coach that that you know, if he's offering instruction and insight and help, then that's one thing. But if he's just you know badgering uh, people because he's angry well that's another and we, we can't answer that we don't know it uh, i know he's well respected and, and regarded as a leader but uh, right now his on ice performance is not leading and that's that's a you know they, they lost a pretty winnable game against the, the two-time stanley cup champion last night so i understand everybody was angry and afraid nerves and all that but i think that was probably misguided we'll put it that way yeah, and I'm with you. I mean, and we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe you know, after the game, there was a conversation. Hey, guys, uh, fired up. Didn't mean to to call you out like that. Maybe there was some discussion on what he'd like to do in a calmer manner. But I think one of the things that I like about Mike Smith is he is that fiery character, right? So I, yeah. I mean, that you can't have it both ways. Sometimes it's you know you're going to see him do that big celebration when they win, and when they lose, he's going to be pretty pissed off. And I just think that that's kind of who he is. So I wasn't too surprised by it, but. I understand the people that were critical because, you know, hey, maybe that's not the best way to to get your point across with some of the younger players. Uh, you mentioned it. I mean, going up in that game on Wednesday night against the Tampa Bay Lightning, I mean, the Oilers outshoot, they outhit. Like, they, they did a pretty good job, all things considered, in that game. And, uh, I mean, Vasilevsky at the end of the day makes a couple saves at the end of the game that keep the Oilers out of it. But overall, I mean, do you think there's positives that you can take from this game that could transfer into uh, the next couple games against the Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes? Oh yeah, I, I'm 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 all I I've been so impressed by Jay Woodcroft. I was one of the people who said I didn't think that it was necessary, or at least necessarily uh, something that Holland had to do. Ken Holland had to do to fire the coach. And, and as you recall, that was maybe Gullitson or or Woodcroft. There was no certain mm-hmm. uh, replacement. But Woodcroft and, and Dave Manson have done such a splendid job. Uh, and, and in a lot of different areas, they're 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 more structured. The the forwards are being asked to do more. Uh, the defensemen are crisper with their passes. They're they're 
uh, covering better. Their penalty kill and power play need a little bit of work, but the, the Oilers five on five right now looks as good as it's looked in years. And they've got four young defensemen uh, playing, so they've, they've, they're not in an ideal spot that way. But they're playing well, and they're they're always around the puck. And they it seems like the other team has somebody marking them pretty closely so there's better structure for sure and i think when you have good structure like that and and you you know you play a game that, that's responsible you've always got a chance to win even against a great team like tampa bay so uh, what, what i what i am am hopeful for because i think it's important to this team is if they can get a win among the the next two games nobody expects them to i don't think florida on saturday and carolina on sunday but if they could pull a win out I think that might be a not necessarily a turning point because the coaching change looks like that was the turning point, but maybe a, a kind of uh, confirmation that things are going in a very good direction. They almost had it last night. It's a, a, a damn shame they didn't, but that doesn't mean they, they can't pick up one in Florida or one in Carolina. If they were to play that well and win against those two teams, I think that would be a real sign that this team – might be able to win a playoff game and a playoff series, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, and they're going to be the uh, early games all over the weekend, and you know, a ten thirty start for me means nine o'clock pregame <laughs> show, which means waking up at like seven thirty. So I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh, I get to do it on back to back days on Saturday, Sunday. But if I was like the the Oiler fan, uh, I don't know, Bailey's and coffee, maybe a Caesar for those games. Well, I don't start that early anymore, but if oh, I was young, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I gotta I gotta wait till the sun's over the yard off nowadays. <laughs> you must be productive in the afternoon, right? Then <laughs> reward yourself oh, later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shoveling snow, mow the lawn, whatever it takes. <laughs> now, Al, uh, you, you mean you talked about Jay Woodcroft a little bit there. One of the things that I've really liked about him and I've mentioned it on the podcast before was you know, they show him on the bench, and he's he's walking up and down, and he's talking to his players. There seems to be that kind of constant line of communication with them, and that might be because he's a new head coach, and he's, you know, familiarizing himself with these guys. But when I used to coach soccer, that was one of the things I liked to do, and just make sure everyone was engaged on the bench, paying attention. Different when it's, you know, young kids versus professional athletes. But I just like to see that. Is there anything else about Jay Woodcroft and his coaching style that you've liked so far? I really like his post games and his pre games, but uh, I, you know he, he he can be critical. I watched him quite a bit in the AHL. He can be critical, but he doesn't. I've never seen him throw a player under the bus, and and that you know in the heat of the moment, you talk about Mike Smith. In the heat of the moment, that does sometimes happen uh, with coaches when they're really upset. I haven't seen that with Woodcroft, and he will he will accept criticism about his players and about his team. But he'll also talk about things that are that are important, and I and I love the fact that when you know they were talking to him last night, he was talking about the things that they can take away that were positive, and and I, I really do think that's important because you know if, if you browbeat people, I think they tune out, and, and Woodcroft clearly has them listening right now, and they're working on as he calls it the process. As a '76ers fan, I love that word <laughs> a lot, uh, but I, I I think that they're I think they're finally for many years they haven't been able to do this but i think everybody has bought in and everybody is aware 
of what they're doing without the puck. And he knows the young players like McLeod is an example, uh, a really good example, Nima Linen, uh, who can play a, a, a two-way game. And he's asking more of them. McLeod played over 20 minutes. That's something that the NHL coach might not have discovered as early as Woodcroft has in the NHL because he knows the player. So those are things that I, I think he's positive. I think he pays attention to things other than wins and losses. And I think he knows these young players really well. All of those are positive. Yeah, and I mean, the the two minutes plus on the PK, that, that led amongst the ice time on the uh, forwards, obviously a sign that he trusts them out there. Uh, more ice time than Kane, uh, Nugent Hopkins. Now, had the Oilers got more than one power play and capitalized, you know, a little slower than they did, maybe that ice time would have balanced out a little bit more. I mean, the Oilers' power play was only out there for 17 seconds before Connor McDavid scored the goal, so uh, that's going to change just a little bit. But I, I really like the the confidence that he has in these younger guys, and I, I feel like, you know, they're playing a little looser. Uh, Nima Linen, you've got Bouchard, uh, Legacy, McLeod, like you said, guys that are just familiar with their, with their new head coach with the time they spent with him down in Bakersfield. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of goodwill, and there there naturally is. We saw it with uh, Bruce Boudreau in, in Vancouver, where there's a there's a bounce, right? And and what what Woodcroft and and uh, uh, Manson have to do is they have to make sure that they ride that as long as they can. They they won five, they've lost two, but in the one loss against Minnesota. They were just a tired group. In the game against uh, Tampa Bay, I think they played well enough to win. So if I'll make a prediction. If they play that well against both of the teams uh, in 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 Florida and in, in Raleigh, I think that they're, they'll get at least a result, at least a tie. Uh, and then they'll go into Chicago and Philadelphia and feel pretty good about themselves because you know you can you can lose games to really great teams, but you can also find out a lot about yourself. And, and I, I can't say for sure because it was just one game, but I think the Oilers might have found out a lot about themselves, what works and what doesn't. Last night against Tampa Bay. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state, you can still take a shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming sources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. I want to ask you about a couple players individually, and one of the guys who I've absolutely loved is Marcus Niemelainen, who's, you know, I I had Ryan Holt on the show Last season, and he he said, "Watch out for this Nima Linen kid. Like he's injured right now. This was last season, but he said he, he's a physical presence out there, and he plays his game and he plays to his strengths." I think the uh, statistician down in Tampa had him for nine hits last night against the Lightning. 
Can you think of the last time the Oilers had someone like that? That, you know, I guess it doesn't hit just because he wants to, you know, be the tough guy out there, but I mean, he's separating pucks from players. Yeah, he is. And, and he's, I think he likes it. You know, there, there are, but Jason Smith was one, Chris Pronger was another, who, who Theo Peckham really loved to hit people. And, yeah. and the, the, the thing about Nima Linen is that, that, you know, the, the scouting reports on him, and we didn't see him. He was in college in Finland uh, most of the time uh, after his draft. We didn't really know what he was. He's a mobile guy. He can pass the puck, and he's strong as an ox. And, and so when he hits people, they stay hit. And and I thought Samarikov, the Russian player, was going to be what, what Nimalainen is right now. And and. What Nima Linen is, is a guy that the coach can send out there in various situations and begin to trust him. Now, he didn't lean heavily enough uh, on Braden Point last night, but Braden Point's one of the, what, 10 best players in the National Hockey League? So that, that's going to happen. But he'll learn from that. And and it, the, the physical side of them, like, you know, the Oilers don't have Radko Gudis, who is a little bit filthy. And they, they don't have Adam Larson anymore, who also is a little bit filthy. And, and young Nimalainen can, like, he can, he can do damage, like literal damage. And not that you're, you want to be bloodthirsty, but you want the other team to have uh, healthy respect when they come in over the blue line. And Nimalainen is the first in several years who's come through the system, I think, that has that in him. Oh yeah, uh, and I agree a hundred percent. And like uh, I, I talked about it on the last episode, we had a uh, dash in the park join me, and we were talking about two simple additions that the Oilers made that have kind of turned around maybe the persona just a little bit. And Nimalainen was one; the other was Evander Kane, a guy you know who might just punch you in the face, as Brendan Lemieux knows. Like he he kind of plays on the edge. Some might call him a jerk. That's okay. I mean, what have you thought of Evander Kane and and what he's brought in his short time with the team on the ice? Well, I knew he'd be a really good uh, on-ice solution for them because he's a he's a power forward. He has speed. He can score goals. He, he the play doesn't die on his stick. There's a lot about him that's really good. He's a he is a uh, quality hockey player, and and I knew he was like he, he can be uh, disruptive, but he can also be uh, a policeman and an enforcer. And he's really done all of those things. And, and you know he's going to make mistakes, and and he'll take penalties that you don't want him to, but. Uh, on the whole, uh, he's a net positive, and and you know I think the Oilers have been looking for that really since the the injury against the Flyers, the Brandon Manning uh, hit that sent McDavid into the board uh, in twenty I guess late twenty fifteen. It's, it's why Maroon was acquired. It was why uh, Lucic was acquired. But but Kane is a little faster. He's a little bigger. He's a little more skilled. But he's he's also quite nasty, and so that side. Of of him, I think, is something they've wanted to add to the McDavid line for some time, and and uh, you know, Kane's one of maybe four or five guys with enough skill to, to sort of really able to fill that role, and, and I and I do think they'll try to sign him in the summertime. I do like how we both said on the ice. <laughs> we sl- <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on, you know. We want to preface that We're on the ice. He's a very good fit yeah. for the Edmonton Oilers, and yeah, I mean. The, the the way they were able to get him on their team literally costing them nothing. I mean, it, it just worked out too perfectly, and you just hope that it continues to be working out well for them on and off the ice uh, with Evander Kane. Now, Al, last time the Oilers took on the Florida Panthers, the first 20 minutes were fantastic. Uh, the Oilers, I think many people would say, outplayed Florida. 
There's a game in January in Edmonton. Uh, it, it got bad kind of quick, and then it snowballed. Uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, what do they have to do to find a way to get this win on Saturday against Florida? Well, I think a quick start would help, and that, that's definitely a part of things. And, and I also think that, that uh, the Panthers are... Uh, they're a multifaceted team. They can play it tough. They're very highly skilled. They're physical. They're a big team. The Oilers aren't aren't you know built necessarily uh, in a one dimensional way anymore. You mentioned Nima Linen and, and Kane. They're a little tougher than they've been maybe in past seasons. And and I think the thing about Florida is that if you can stay ahead of them or with them late and deep, then you might be able to get an opportunity. Uh, they do have. Some areas, not necessarily weak, but some that are not stronger than others. I think their third pairing is an area uh, where, where if you could get a mismatch, say you double shift McDavid or something, uh, or if you were to, uh, you, you know, have an opportunity uh, to to have a line change. Well, the fourth line and the third pair are out there and get that kind of mismatch. You can look for that. But they're they're well coached and they don't have a lot of weaknesses on their team. They're if they start their their top guy goaltending wise, they're they're pretty tough out. Now on Sunday you've got the Carolina Hurricanes. You've got Ethan Bear. I mean, I, we joke, but he'll probably find a way to score a goal. You know, just kind of the way it goes against the former team. Uh, what do you think about that matchup for the Oilers? Well, the Oilers are getting the, the, the Hurricanes. They've had some injuries. Uh, D'Angelo is out, and I think there's another defenseman out too. They've called up an AHL guy. We'll probably see quite a bit of Bear uh, in that game. And I, I think it's uh, the, the the Hurricanes are a really good team with a lot of different weapons. They're they're not. They're they're highly skilled, but they don't, they're they're not like just McDavid and and uh, Drysaddle. They have a lot of guys who can hurt you, and so that that's why having Nuge on the third line I think really will help the Oilers on on Sunday because they'll be able to run with them for the most part, and they're going to need some help because of that because they're quality and they're deep. But uh, I I think I think the Hurricanes because of their injuries. Uh, this might be uh, there might be an opportunity to grab a point there, depending upon how good their goaltending looks. I think they're a ridiculous thing to say, but I think of the three games, the three teams Edmonton will face because of injury, they might be the least uh, ridiculous <laughs> in terms of trying to beat them. I think they're they're definitely a great team, but they're a little weakened because of injury. Yeah, this road trip. I mean, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't think you're going to face three tougher teams. You know, the two Florida teams in Carolina, unless maybe you sprinkled in the Colorado Avalanche somehow. But yeah, it's uh, a pretty tough road trip there. From then, the Oilers get the Flyers. And then the Chicago Blackhawks, so it does drop off just a little bit there. Uh, for this road trip, Al, four games remaining. How many points do you think they walk away with? Well, I said at the beginning of the, the, the trip that I think the last two games have to be wins because I don't know whether they're they're going to be able to you know get a lot out of, of uh, uh, these, these games in, in uh, Carolina and, and uh, Florida. So I'll say five points in five games. That's what I'm sort of thinking because I do think Philly and Chicago are, are winnable games, especially the way the Oilers are playing right now. And they have to be because you don't want to, you know, they, they, they lost 
a little ground to L.A. last night and to Dallas. And, you know, those two teams are going to take advantage. And they'll have their tough parts of their schedule, too. The Otis schedule actually gets a little easier after this weekend. But you, you want to stay there. And I think that the, the two W's, if they could pick them up in Chicago and Philly, that really, I think, recovers quite well from what was we all knew was going to be a nasty road trip. Uh, Al, when I was on the show with you, I don't even know. I think it was, maybe it was the Lowdown with Low Tide. It was probably the Dave Jamison show when you were filling in. Uh, you threw a question at me. What's going to happen with Ben Simmons? Now, the trade was made. Obviously, the 76ers get James Harden. You mentioned you're a 76ers fan. Uh, it, is this the key piece that's going to really pair well with Joel Embiid and, and take you guys over the top? God, I hope so. But it does, I like, I don't, like, there's no, <laughs> the, the the player they acquired is a great player, but he also has a history of, of uh, uh, you know careening from one thing to another. And, and there's not a like there's not like several championships where he was the MVP uh, in his backstory. I like him a lot as a player, and I think that Embiid and the other Seventy Sixers are are you know they're primed, they're ready, and they will sacrifice. Uh, to try to win. And I also think they kept a lot of the players that were important to them and didn't trade them away. Uh, I, I'm hopeful. It's really tight in the East. There's really good teams, but they've got a shot. I just hope everybody gets along and that everybody plays uh, all the games. Because in the NBA, as you know, stuff happens all the damn time. And, you know, I mean, Simmons didn't play because if you, like people got mad at him because he wouldn't put the puck in, or put the puck, put the the ball in the basket, and and that's kind of the game. So, I mean, the NBA, as much as I love it, strange things happen. But I'll say that I'm I'm not confident, but I'm hopeful because he's a great player. Is there a sport you know where personalities clash more than the NBA? And I I mean, some might say that's a bad thing, but I love it because trade deadlines and NBA free agency are always wild because there's always guys on the move. Oh yeah, I mean, the, the, my my lasting memory of the NBA is when Shaq left uh, uh, the the Lakers and he wrote a song for Kobe. It was the most disgusting song I've ever heard in my life. But but I laughed when I heard it, and it still makes me laugh when I think of it. And, and that's the NBA. Everything is like on rocket speed in the NBA. And if there's a if there's a a challenge and it's met, then you belong in lore forever. And if there's uh, discord, then Chances are there's going to be a song made, uh, and everybody will know how it goes. That's that's the NBA, and and it's a little disappointing the LA uh, Lakers aren't better this year. But uh, you're right. I mean, it's the personalities of the, of the team, and even even the players sometimes choose where they're going to go, and maybe even who's going to win the championship or the. Uh, the NBA All-Star Game because it's it is a player-driven league for sure as it should be because they're the they're the people we want to see. Al, I, I seriously considered uh, breaking out the lyrics to that song, but for the younger generation, we'll let them YouTube it and they can hear themselves. Uh, thanks a lot for doing this today. Really appreciate it, and uh, we'll have to get you on again. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Connor. There you go. That is Alan Mitchell. He is the host of the Lowdown with Low Tide. You can hear it on TSN 1260 Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. until noon. Give him a follow on Twitter at Low Tide and check out his work at The Athletic. That's going to do it for another edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, big shout-out to our sponsor, DraftKings. Make sure to sign up today. Use promo code THPN. Also, for the local business owners out there, a new company you want to check out, loyalas.com, L-O-Y-A-L-A-S.com. If you're going to sign up, 
Put in code word Connor. Can help you out a long way with that one. For the Edmonton Oilers, it's going to be a heck of a weekend. Taking on the Florida Panthers on Saturday, 10.30 a.m. start in that one. Pre-game coverage on TSN 1260 beginning at 9 o'clock. And then on a Sunday morning at 11 a.m., they'll be taking on Ethan Bear and the Carolina Hurricanes. Pre-game coverage on TSN 1260 beginning at 9.30 in that one. Tom Gazzola, former NHLer Matt Cassian. And myself on TSN 1260. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the show today. Thank you to DraftKings, the Hockey Podcast Network. Give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Other Connor Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.